All right. Welcome back. Danielle, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Al? I'm doing really well and excited to speak with you today because we've had several interactions over the previous months and how you are thinking about the future of work, particularly given the cohort that you are in having never worked in an office before. I mean, my mind was blown when you shared that. I'm like, gosh, how many millions of young professionals have had that experience? And now that we're going back into the workplace, you know, what does that look like? So I'm really interested in your experience, as I'm sure our listeners and viewers are, as well as, you know, what can be done to create a sense of connection and inclusion and, and belonging. So with that as a staging, you mind introducing yourself and a little bit more about what we're going to be talking about today? Definitely. So I am Danielle Farage. Oh my gosh, I'm seeing my uh, my people just coming into the chat. It's like, it's really heartwarming because I've been really truly building community here on LinkedIn um, for the past year and a half. And I guess my story started um, in New York. I'm not going to go into it too much because I will be sharing, you know, in, in the context of my story um, as we go. Um, but essentially, you know, I saw this problem that existed as soon as I got to college, which was, well, first, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I felt like everyone else was sort of having that same problem. And I sought to try to figure it out by looking at my siblings, because of course, you look to your older siblings to learn from their mistakes. And in doing that, I saw that they weren't really enjoying the corporate experience. Um, at the same time, there were people around me uh, in college that were trying to chase after this corporate dream. And I saw this disconnect and this gap between what people expected work to be and what it actually truly was and the experience of it. And so I studied social sciences with a psych emphasis um, with the intention of being able to walk into any room, talk to anyone, listen to understand them, and then bring whatever I'm learning back to the boardroom to help them make better decisions about people so that they could impact people's lives positively at scale, which I felt like was happening less than it might you know, that it, that it really should be. <laughs> um, because, at, you know, at the end of the day, we, we spend 90,000 hours of our lives working. And I just feel like, personally, I want to make those 90,000 hours count and, and really mean something. And I feel like the rest of the world, truly during the last two years, has woken up to the fact that they also want their 90,000 hours to mean something as well. Um, so I think my message really resonates more than just for my generation, but I think my generation is able to really set a precedent for what work should look like and could look like if we just kind of remove this idea of the impossible and start to imagine what could really be possible. So I'm very excited to be to be here and um, thanks everyone in the chat, uh, Alejandro, Lucas, Tekin, Anna for, for joining in. I'm very excited. Thanks for having me. Well, of course. And as we spoke, it dawned on me that you know, many organizations, specifically leaders, are well-intentioned around creating an inclusive workplace, you know, being conscious of what the onboarding experience is. Um, that being said, there's still gaps, and particularly for young people. And I grew up in what I call the suck it up generation. And many of my generation are now 
leaders. And it's like, there's this uh, struggle between, hey, that's the way it is. You know, you're lucky to have a job. That's the reality. Just deal with it. And wait a minute, you know, you have choices. You, you know, you are a talent. You are someone who has these unique abilities and skills to bring to the workplace and energy and all that. And now if I don't court you ongoing, you know, you're going to bail. And I'm going to lose that, you know, valuable, and I don't like these terms, but I'll just use it in this context, asset to this, you know, organization. So my question, can you speak to like the intentions of the leaders that you have experienced in your young career and what you, you know, their intentions and what you've actually experienced or maybe anecdotes from others that you have seen come into the workforce, you know, and, you know, has it been good? Has it been you know, have they been misses there? Yeah. Um, so I think I'm I'm gonna kind of tell you this in the context of um, you know, a, a couple of slides that I put together. Yeah. Uh so all right, let me know when I'm good. You are good. Um, so I just want to preface this by saying by posing this question of if you could change the way your children experience work, would you? Because I think what you were saying, Al, is like there are these people and leaders who say, wait a minute. Um, and I think it really it takes that sort of the I always I always think about this sort of 5149 in order to create whatever you want, accomplish whatever you want, specifically psychological safety. The leader has to make the first step. Um, and then the rest will hopefully follow if they feel safe enough to do so. But it really is that first step. So I feel like the pandemic provided this opportunity that I'm seeing a lot of people grasp and really take hold of. And I believe, and truly the, the team at CAFE, we all believe that this train is not stopping for anyone. Um, so you might as well get on it, right? So, <laughs> uh, so to answer your question, I want to kind of give context for my story because I've noticed through just sharing my story on LinkedIn that it really helps leaders of, of all ages to understand what this current generation is experiencing or has experienced in order to really help us. Um, and so like I've even received comments on my LinkedIn posts like, wow, like, thank you for sharing this. This gives me so much more context to understand my own daughter. And I just, yeah, so this is kind of, this is me. Um, so in 2020, I graduated from USC. Um, I was locked down in New York. So I was on spring break actually, and all my stuff was in LA. I had to come back to New York and um, the job prospects were low. Most of my friends were furloughed or their start date was pushed back. Um, and I literally graduated virtually um, after seeing both my siblings graduate from USC in person. So you could imagine the heartbreak. Um, I was also one thing that, you know, I'm, I'm talking to a couple of reporters from, from different, uh, news outlets about is sort of this shadow of the 2008 recession, which is something that my brother, you know, went through. He went to college in 2008, the same year my mom lost her job, the same year that my dad, you know, didn't really have much work. He's, he owned a contracting business. And I always had this overwhelming fear, like a recession was going to happen. And then, you know, I wasn't going to get a job or 
there was this looming fear. So it was kind of like PTSD-ish. And then in 2020, also you have to consider like I graduated, I lived with my parents and then I was sort of like locked down and I was like, well, who are my friends? Do I go back to my high school friends? Do I make new friends? If so, how do you make new friends during pandemic? Um, and then this question of like, well, if not people, then technology, right? Like that is a stand-in. <laughs> um, so you saw like the rise of TikTok during like 2020 and, you know, a lot of people driven really by my generation of Gen Z, um, people just going on TikTok and, and doing their thing. And two years later, you know, a lot of those same people who picked up TikTok are millionaires and have millions of followers. So in 2020, um, part two, uh, I had this new job, but this same life problem that persisted of like, okay, well, who are my friends? If I'm in a fully remote company, like, you know, most people make their friends from work and I didn't have that. So it was sort of this same theme that I saw continue and persist. Um, I also had gone from sort of this toxic job to a really, really great job. Um, and I realized that culture mattered a lot. And it brought me back to this thought in college of like why I studied what I study was because there was this culture gap. So it brought me a little bit closer to that problem. Um, and I started sharing about it on LinkedIn, about how I believed leadership should be. Um, and I think that, you know, going back to your question of what people were experiencing, it was this major loss of not just college and, you know, your senior year life, but also what your first job experience would be like. Um, and in whatever's lost, like there's always room for new. So I think, you know, there's an opportunity to rebuild and reimagine what that onboarding and first job experience really is. Mm. Um, so I guess I'll stop there for now. Um, because I think that, uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's a lot more that I could go into, but essentially, yeah, to answer your question, like, I think that this first sort of monumental place of like, oh, I'm starting a job at a new company. I don't know anyone. What am I supposed to do is mm -hmm. really something that is still persisting today. Well, let's uh, talk about that. Like, who did you meet when you first started uh, your role or roles? Uh, and similarly, who do you wish you had met? Mm. So I met mainly the people who I was working with directly. I also have always been in startups. So you have to also consider that the companies are always going to be smaller. Um, but they were very tight knit. So I guess, you know, my first job, which was more of an internship full time thing, um, I was mainly meeting interns who were going through the same challenges as me, um, who were finishing school, you know, online, virtually, and were sort of also struggling like, oh, do I go back to my high school friends? Do I like go back to campus? And be with my college friends. Um, and then they were also balancing a third, you know, a, a third aspect of their lives, which was their work. Um, and so that was kind of my experience in college. And then when I graduated, my first real job, I was mostly interacting with um, Dave Meckelberg, 
who mm-hmm. is uh, truly he's the best i mean just the best he's just a an amazing person and who i led the recruitment automation community with which you know we held several virtual conferences of thousands and thousands of ta dei hr talent and professionals um and i think what was different when i originally came on which really made an impact was i remember vividly the second slide in the powerpoint for my onboarding session my first day was talking about diversity equity inclusion and belonging Mm -hmm. and i will always remember that moment because it said to me oh wow they really do value this versus other experiences where there was no onboarding um Mm -hmm. or the internship you know didn't really have any meaning behind it we were maybe making a lot of money for bigger companies um and i and i realized very early on in interning for different you know companies i worked for mindshare for a summer i worked for my own parents company just how important you know that element of impact and i guess greater good was mm-hmm. to me and 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 not only for you know my 90,000 hours of working but it was really about like the day to day like connecting right. people to a mission and a reason is i think something that we've lost over time um and and failed to see just how important it really is until we've had this new generation coming into the workforce saying oh no 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 this is important to us and if we don't feel connected or inspired then we're probably going to just leave right yeah and there's yeah i know in talking with you beforehand your experience is supported by uh others in your you know friend group and and there's research again that supports that you know across the board so then it invites the question you know what to do and i know you have chosen an organization that has the social hub and you're welcome to talk about that i'm certainly interested but the broader question is how then do you create this connection and how do you create it in a meaningful way quickly because you only get one shot at onboarding and yeah there's historically been in some organizations a significant delta between the values that you put forth yeah you can see it on a slide on day one or day two but is it a lived experience ongoing so you know what are your ideas and suggestions there yeah um and i'll refer back to my slides (laughs) to sort of tell you the rest of this um and so basically in 2021 um in the first part of the year I was putting myself out there and I was sharing on LinkedIn because you have to remember we, you know, this is like full lockdown mode. Um, I had not much else to do with my time. I was also like traveling a bunch because it was remote first. And at the same time, all of my friends were going through this experience of their first jobs and they didn't have a place to vent on the internet like they couldn't talk about and i think still like hybrid work is in the experience of it because the dust hasn't settled and i don't think it will for another 10 years at least that they couldn't share their real opinions but here i was working 
on in the innovation of HR tech. And I could, because I, I was working at a startup and I could form opinions about things and I had you know, access to leaders and I understood where organizations were, but I also understood the experience of like the newly graduated generation. Um, so I started talking a lot about leadership and a lot on Clubhouse and all these places. Um, and I realized that if we're going to reimagine work, it needed to include all parties, all generations, all people of color, all experiences and backgrounds. And it, it the conversation wasn't going that way. So I started just talking more about that. Um, and I realized that if I wanted to really get involved and shape the experience of culture in this new world of hybrid, I needed to get my hands dirty. And that's when CAFE came into my life. Um, and truly, it was like through networking and through this wonderful woman named Nellie Hayat, who introduced me to Tom, who's the CEO of CAFE. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to help shape the the new world of work, I I want to have truly like a, a direction and I want it, I want it to be impactful. Um, and I want to be the future of work. I don't just want to work in it. I don't just want to talk about it. Like I want to truly live it. Um, and so when Tom, a week after we met, offered me a job, I said, you know what, this tool is, is something. So essentially I was experiencing this, this overall thread, um, like I, I'd mentioned about, you know, who are my people? And Tom and I met and he said, well, we're trying to solve that. We're trying to like give people a context for making decisions about where they're working from. Um, at the time, Europe had had gone back to the office. Um, so they were already like in the future of work. And I was seeing that and I was like, you know, this is actually a problem that I've experienced myself of coming onto a company and not knowing who your people are and knowing that there are people in New York, right, this huge city, um, working for the same company or working, you know, around me, but that I wasn't able to meet up with. Um, and so essentially CAFE stood out to me because it was this employee-centric approach to HR tech, which I had been working in for a few years. Um, and the social isolation, you know, I saw my friends, it continued to persist um, and, you know, not without cause. Um, but I, I think people were starting to get out and and I thought there's a disconnect here. Like, why <laughs> why are we not getting together? Um, and that was also when I I found community um, and I started interacting to answer your question with people on upstream. Upstream was at the time a social, you know, a new professional social networking app. Um, it's now leading the the DAO space, the <laughs> um, essentially like collectives, people contributing money um, and being able to invest it somewhere. So like I lead the future of work community on Upstream um, with Jing Herman and you know, we started doing events on the future of work just literally every single week um, and just cultivating really this community of, of innovators, right, builders, um, VCs, investors, and also people who are passionate about this problem and, and the future of work and shaping it. Um, 
so yeah, that's, that's basically, I, I use the internet to <laughs> my, my fullest extent, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> you could say. Well, let me jump in there because I want to pull a couple things out and ask a question in, in the, our remaining time here, because it's not only the people that you're working with that you're connecting with as you onboarded there at cafe and uh, with others, it's you're going into your, um, uh, the next layer of your network within an organization. So you're connecting with those that you're not working with day to day. So there's a sense of connection and that's multi-generational. I imagine that is diverse in its very nature, given the profile of the people within the company, but also that extended network beyond uh, your organization. So there's a level, not only of connection around the organization, but the passions that you have. So, you know, there is this situation of capacity that I want to get to as, as we wrap, because it's great to feel connected. It's great to, you know, be able to recognize somebody by, you know, what they look like, what they sound like, and all those great things. It's also another thing where, you know, how many relationships can we actually manage effectively? So do you have boundaries that you're setting both internally to your organization and externally that enable you to focus on the work that you need to do day to day. Can you speak to that for a bit? Yeah. Um, I guess the, the overall answer to that is like using data to help you understand what your personal experience of work has been. Right. So like I'm able to see how many times I've been to Europe or how many days or how many activities we've done socially as a team. Or when I go to Paris, it's an event, right? Mm -hmm. So like there's a, a lot of intentionality and planning that goes into each interaction, right? Each investment of, of my time and the company's time to bring me to from New York to Paris to have this curated experience of, well, if Danielle's here, we're not going to work four out of five days remotely. We're going to probably get together three or four times, not only in a work context, but also in a social context so hmm. that she feels more comfortable and that, so, and that we can all get to know each other on a more personal level. I also think that Europe has a very different approach to work in general than the rest of the world, let alone the United States, right? And so growing up in, in America um, and in New York, of all places where it's like a cultural melting pot, I saw all types of people. I was exposed to, you know, all types of, of just experiences and, and knowledge. And, and then I went outside of that, um, you know, to, to go study in Hong Kong um, for a semester. And I saw the, the you know, context of like work in Asia. Um, and I think that overall we have, we have definitely a hustle culture problem in the States. Um, but we also don't really value the intentional connection, um, and social connectivity in the workplace. Um, and what I'm seeing is that, you know, from a if you kind of zoom out and you think about, okay, like during the pandemic, what did people do? They found community. And that's why we're seeing such exponential growth in the NFT space 
is because people found people who they shared common beliefs and and thoughts with and that are connected to a central vision and and a, a one you know there's a one track mind sort of thing and everyone's bought into this and invested time and money and energy into this one cause that they really care about that connects all of them and i think that's the future of how organizations are going to be run now this in between time we have to create that intentionality, right? And and sort of build that into every single interaction, especially in a hybrid setting where you have people flying across the world to hang out with their coworkers. You're not just going to have them sit in a room by themselves or at a cubicle, right? You're going to create that intention and you're going to ask them about their experiences and you're going mm. to be able to measure impact and measure these things like belonging before and after an event. And that event yep. can really be anything, right? It doesn't have to be a flight. It could be drinks after work. It could be, you know, a product launch. It, it could be a lot of things. But essentially giving people the the tool, the, the context, the optionality to create intention behind whatever, however they're gathering. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm... Loving what you're sharing. And I'm just, there's so much that's coming to mind, not only for me personally, but I imagine people of my generation, which is both wonderful uh, because there's been a lot of transactional relationships uh, in my generation through my nearly 30 years of professional, actually, it might be more than 30 years now, I think about it, um, uh, of work. You know, what can you do for me as opposed to transformational relationships where if someone is actually looking out for me and helping elevate my career and vice versa. And that's what I'm hearing you say is that do more authentic connection yeah. with mutual benefit. And, you know, I hope that's the case. And I believe your cohort, uh, of, of humans <laughs> has, uh, disproportionate power, you know, given your connection to technology, you know, digital natives, whatever you want to, to call it. So I am hopeful in that respect that, you know, my generation of business leaders are more attuned and thus accommodate the real human needs that you're putting forth and seeing technology as an enabler for that. So, yeah. Uh, Hopefully we have uh, better times ahead. I know it's been a struggle over the last, you know, two, three years. Um, but, you know, now that we return to the office, now that, you know, real 3D physical connection is possible, you know, we doesn't mean we let go of technology and it doesn't mean we let go of going together and meeting in person, like you were saying. So really, really appreciate your insights and ideas. How can people learn more about you and what you're doing there at Cafe? Yeah. Um, so First, you can you can go to my website, um, daniellefarage.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn. I am very active there as well. I'm also a LinkedIn creator. Um, and, you know, I, I, I want to say, too, that I've had the most growth, generally, by connecting with older folks people of all ages, honestly. I, I'm a mentor slash, I, I came up with this term friendtorship um, on, while on the phone with my mentee. Um, and we really like, I think it's, it's such a good term because truly the idea of a mentor to me is kind of like archaic by nature. It's like, you know, these artists that 
like Picasso, like they had mentors and they lived together and like all this stuff. And it's just the, the, the modern way of how you truly create connection. It's a two way street. Um, and I think that it's more of a friendship than like a mentorship. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, if we encourage connection between generations, we can see older folks, you know, being more open-minded and being more comfortable with the unknown. And we can see younger folks being more appreciative and being, you know, more empathetic to older generations and being less, you know, people say self-consumed, but I really just say expecting personalized experiences um, all the time. And I think that we can come to more of a you know, a better level of understanding if we just kind of have these conversations. So I appreciate you having me on, um, you know, today and I'm very excited for the future. I really am. And, and I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I am too. And as, as we wrap, uh, I just, uh, hear the kind of, uh, overriding thinking of my generation and those before, oh, you can't be friends with people at work. You know, it is a professional relationship versus a personal relationship. And that goes back to work life and personal life. And we all know as humans, it's truly integrated and we have to, you know, be there for one another and we have to open up. So I call on my generation and those before and a little bit after um, to be more vulnerable, to be more welcoming and inclusive. And you know, I think we have a lot to learn from you and, and your generation. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for sharing. And uh, yeah, I look forward to learning more with you as we move forward. So thank you much. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Al. All right. You be well. See you soon. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.